The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 118. Hello, I'm Dixie Gillespie, author of Just Blow It Up, Firepower for Living an Unlimited Life. You'll find plenty of firepower in here. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my friend, Jeff Brown. The, the danger in the time that we live in with all the access to information and everything that we have at our fingertips, a lot of people get information overload. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Hello and welcome to the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth. We talk about leadership, personal development, productivity, career, business, marketing, entrepreneurship, and more. Today, we get to hear from Kamanzi Constable. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he's been on the show once before. He is the co-author of the new book, Stop Chasing Influencers, The True Path to Building Your Business and Living Your Dream. I plan to ask Kamanzi about the lies we fall prey to that often prevent us from living the life we're capable of, how important it is to have the right mindset, how he was able to go from driving a bread truck to writing for mainstream publications and consulting large companies, and a lot more. Read to Lead University officially opens in the next few weeks, and we'll be looking for, uh, at the outset at least, 50 people who want to be charter members of Read to Lead University. You'll have a chance to interact with people just like you in our private Facebook group. We'll participate in live monthly fast track classes on topics like leadership, personal development, productivity, and more. And you'll also be able to participate in what I like to call live inner circle Q&A sessions with, with guest lecturers, many of whom have been on the Read to Lead podcast. You can find out more about it by putting yourself on the notifications list. If you're in the States, just text the word university to 33444. If you're outside the U.S., simply make sure you're on our mailing list. You can sign up for that at readtoleadpodcast.com. Kamanzi Constable, whose name I love to say, is a former bread delivery guy who has self-published two books uh, that have now sold over 100,000 copies. He is now a published author, international speaker, and coach, and he's also a contributing writer to the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Magazine, and Mind Body Green. He is, as well, the business editor at The Good Men Project. And his mission, he says, is to help men and women create true freedom in life. Now, Kamanzi is also the author, along with Jared Easley, of the book Stop Chasing Influencers, The True Path to Building Your Business and Living Your Dreams. Kamanzi, welcome back to Read to Lead. Jeff, it feels like it's been forever, and you did confirm that it's been forever, so <laughs> I'm... 
Happy to be back. Well, this is a first uh, for the show. We've had you on as an author before, as I mentioned. We've had your co-author on before uh, by himself. Um, but this is the first time we've ever featured a book co-written by two previous guests on the show. So. <laughs> We're setting records and precedents here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, I just finished uh, the book last night. I started it on my Kindle, and then I was fortunate enough to get uh, a hard copy on Friday, and I just started all over. I went right back to the beginning, read the whole thing over the weekend, marking up pages and making notes of things and I want to implement. Uh, I'm really excited for others to, 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 to latch on to it and to read it. And I want to ask you first, Kamanzi, what was for you and Jared kind of the, the reason you had to write this book? What was the basic premise and why you had to write it, you felt like, right now? The honest truth is uh, Jared and I were having a conversation about how you build a quote-unquote online business slash lifestyle business slash whatever you want to call it. How do you build one of these today? And we had talked about the way that you traditionally do it, the way that some people do it really quickly. Mm. And we had talked about this idea of kind of like hero worship a little bit. <laughs> like you've, you, everybody's seen it. You've gone to the conference and you've seen the Pat Flynn's of the world walking around and, you know, there's like a line of people following them around and, and, you know, all that good stuff. And, you know, Pat is somebody I greatly, greatly respect, um, have since day one, but I respect Pat um, because he's a great businessman. He's a good person. He's nice. I have never once thought, man, if I could just connect with Pat, he'll give me a shout out and my business will blow up. Back in the day, it used to be like the Oprah effect, right? Mm -hmm. um, Oprah got your product and set it on her show. Then all of a sudden you're selling out and you're building factories and all this good stuff. <laughs> so it's like the Oprah effect in the online space. Mm. And people are chasing influencers. They're hoping that they can make that connection, build that relationship, mm. and somehow get like a shout out or a pat on the back or something like that to help them build their business fast. But the problem with that strategy is that influencers are busy entrepreneurs at their core. And so there's a lot of other people that are trying to do the very same thing. They're trying to connect with them just like you. And I'm, I'm not an influencer, Jeff, but I get my fair share of email and private messages. And I could tell you it's overwhelming at times. Like it's, it's extremely overwhelming. Mm. And I can't imagine somebody like I, I interviewed Chris Gillibull once and he said he gets like 350 emails a day, you know, and I'm sure he has some assistance and stuff like that. But when it comes to your messages, there's only so much you can out source and feel comfortable doing. So I imagine it's got to be pretty overwhelming when you have hundreds of people constantly emailing you, asking for things, trying to make that connection, trying to build that relationship. So this, the idea of stop chasing influencers, when we talked about this, it was this idea that, do you really need to chase anybody to build this kind of a business? And when we thought about it, we kicked around, we had like several really late night Skype conversations. <laughs> And we're like, you know what? You really don't because we have technology, we have access, we have connectivity, we have this uh, vast, untapped network of potential um, customers, followers, friends in the internet where 2.5 billion people are logging on every day. I mean, I go to, I go to speak all over the world, Jeff, and I, whether I'm, I'm here in Panama right now mm. speaking at a company, I've gone to Kenya, where, which is where my family's from, and every single person in Kenya, Jeff, like I kid you not, has a cell phone. <laughs> and they're all on their cell phone. They're all on social media. They're all on the internet. So we have a pretty interconnected world. Mm. That doesn't mean that 
every one of them is going to to buy your thing or to check you out or or that. But it does mean that the opportunity is there. Mm. So instead of chasing, don't chase, build. And then the second half of the book is these are all strategies on how you build. So it's it's definitely like when people hear the title Stop Chasing Influencers, they're like, you know, it, it kind of has like a little bit of a, I don't know, like a sting, I guess. But it's not a book that says, no, never try to connect with a Pat Flynn or, or, or anybody like that. It says if you are going to connect with Pat Flynn, connect with him because you respect him and you want to be a peer or friend. Mm. Don't connect with him as a business strategy. Mm. Well, I, I talk with and work with a lot of, of podcasters, many of whom want to do um, interview-based shows. And a lot of times I find out as I talk with them early on that the impetus behind that is, well, you know, if I can interview well-known people, then when I publish it, they'll share it with their their tribe, and that will bring people to me, and, and their entire podcast strategy is built on basically chasing influences. I'm like, no, you cannot hang your hat on that. It's got to be about so much more. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that premise. Well, uh, Kamanzi writes early in the book that, that, according to the Washington Post, only 13% of people are at a job that they can tolerate. So, uh, Kamanzi, I'm curious to know, in, in your estimation, how is this attitude towards our job, for many of us, impacting our lives, maybe in ways that we're not even aware of? When you're at a work situation, that could even be a business, because I had a business, as from our previous interview, Jeff, I had a business that I couldn't tolerate. <laughs> so job, business, whatever work situation you're in, if you are day. And, and I'm not talking about when you have a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. You mm. have bad days, even at a job you love. Mm. I'm talking about where there's like a consistent gnawing or something inside of you where you're just like, this is not it. This is not what I want from my life. And that starts to seep into other areas of your life. Like you, you can be at work and you could try to leave it at work. Those emotions, those feelings, the anger, the stress, the tension, mm. but it will seep into your life. You'll be on edge. Edge. You'll be a little bit angrier. You'll have you'll think about things during the day and it'll just um, it will seep into other areas of your life where you, you're not going to be able to distinguish leaving this at work and leaving this at home. So if you do that day in and day out for years, which a lot of people do, a lot of people, according to The Washington Post, according to just you knowing <laughs> what's going on, um, people do that for years and they, and they stay in jobs that negatively affect their life. And before they know it, you know, they're having major, major health problems and major mental problems because of work that, that just does that to them. Mm. Uh, Kamanzi, uh, what are some of the the lies that we often fall prey to that prevent us from having the life uh, that we're capable of? Well, it's, it's mostly self-limiting beliefs. Mm. We tell ourselves we're not good enough or strong enough or smart enough, or we're not um, as, as cool as Jeff Brown. <laughs> there, there's all these things that we tell ourselves that we have to, they're like metrics. We have to reach a certain metric and then we can go ahead and do this and that. And we believe those for years. And that keeps us from even even taking chances, Jeff. We don't even want to take the first step mm. because we feel like we're not this or that. Well, for someone uh, trying to get noticed, uh, someone who desires to be heard, they're trying to build a platform, leverage a business, maybe leverage the Internet to launch that business. What are some things that they can do, Kamanzi, to better stand out? Well, be you first and foremost. Mm. Don't try to be the clone of anybody else. 
because um, people respect the real thing and they they know the real thing when they see it. Mm-hmm. So be uniquely you, whatever that means. You know, if you're a goofy, whatever kind of person, just be that. Mm-hmm. And if you're friends with me on Facebook, you know that's who I am. So, so, <laughs> so just embrace it, right? And then once you embrace it, use the connectivity and use the tools that we have available to us. Get on a podcast, start a podcast. Um, if you're a writer, guest post on a blog. If you want to take your writing to the next level, one strategy that I talk about a lot in that book is writing for some of the more larger, well-known publications. And Jeff and I hit on that in our first interview. But get an exposure in mm-hmm. places that have millions and millions of readers. It's not, it's not going to do bad things for your business. It's definitely going to help you. It's going to help your business. And that exposure... You know, years, a year, a year after we did our interview, Jeff, I wouldn't be sitting here in Panama talking to you if that exposure didn't work. Mm. So um, use the Internet, use use technology, get out there in a bigger way. Don't play small, play bigger. We talked a moment ago about about fear. Um, how important is is mindset, the right mindset to your success? And, and how has that played a role in in your success? I, I definitely think it's vitally important, if not one of the most important things, mm-hmm. because if you don't believe it, if you don't see that it's possible for you, that is going to dictate the actions you take. And you're always going to be stuck in that place of, of fear and not wanting to take action. But if you can at least believe that it's possible, at least get to that point where you believe it's possible, you can open up your mind to where you are going to have the opportunity to take a few risks, because risk is an important part of this equation you have to be willing to take some risk if you want to see reward so you you have to open up your mind just enough to where you're comfortable with the little risk you take those first few steps and they, sometimes they don't go as planned sometimes they might go work perfectly it just depends on your situation but your mindset is cr- the critical first step one of the things I appreciate about Kamanzi being connected to him on Facebook especially is he is always quick to share his gratitude for the experiences that he's having and the, the things that are happening in his life and the people that are a part of helping make that happen. Uh, Kamanzi, talk about the power of being grateful. And, and, and in addition to the way I just mentioned, uh, ways you attempt to live that out. Well, Gratitude is an, an attractive quality. Mm. So for all you fellows looking for a lady, <laughs> did this just become a dating show? <laughs> uh, gratitude is an attractive quality in, in a person. It attracts more people in your life that want to be involved, that want to be in your world, that want to be a part of what you're doing. They want to be in your tribe, so to speak. It attracts customers. Um, but more than that, it, it does something for you inside. It it really opens you up in a way. It it gets you in the right mindset as we talked about, but having that, that gratitude, it, it's an overwhelming feeling at times, Jeff, where you just like, you sit down and you think about everything that's happened in your life, everything that, that you have that, you know, not that others don't have everything that you have. Mm. It, it, it opens you up to receive so much more. So, 
not only being grateful for what you have, being grateful for those that are in your life, even grateful for wins for other people that have had wins. I see Jeff do this all the time where he's um, celebrating somebody else who had a win. It's not him. It's, it's somebody celebrating with somebody else. I think that is just one of like the most sincere forms of gratitude. And I think that helps you grow tremendously as a person when you're not only willing to share your stuff, but good things that are happening to other people. And in that case, everybody wins. Hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, earlier writing for major publications, and I know for you that has led to many new speaking opportunities. Um, I'd love for you to talk about the ways you've managed to grow your business through speaking. For someone who wants to leverage it more for their business, what, what steps would you, would you recommend? Yes, um, I would recommend targeting maybe, let's say, four Four really good larger publications, publications with names that people would recognize. So the problem with the like the influencer space, the online space, the space that we all know and love is that if you wanted uh, an opportunity, like let's say trading at a company, for example, and those opportunities can be lucrative. You know, we're talking about $10,000 or more opportunities. Mm. When you want an opportunity like that, you're not going to be able to come at them and say, hey, I um, I spoke at New Media Expo mm-hmm. or I was guest post on this blog because they're going to say who and what, right? They, those aren't names that translate far and wide. They translate a lot in this space. Mm. But if you were to say, I'm a contributor at the Huffington Post, I have done some training at, I don't know, Johnson and Johnson or whatever, right? Mm. Um, if you say names and, and opportunities, if they recognize those, they're name recognizable, they understand them, they understand what they mean. That translates beyond what I call the online space. That translates into the mainstream space. Mm. So basically, you're taking the skills that we have and we know and we see every day. So like instead of becoming a, a podcast coach to podcasters, taking that skill of podcast coaching and going and training a company on how to start their own podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, online skill that you're taking to a mainstream opportunity, and you're probably going to make some more money. But to do that, you're going to need the kind of social proof that they recognize and that they understand. And so large publications, that's one way, just that's one step in getting that social proof that they understand. Because you're a contributor here at a website like the Huffington Post that gets 218 million unique visitors a month. Mm -hmm. Everybody reads it. They read the articles. They know it. So to be able to take that name as your social proof and and to go to these opportunities for, for speaking or consulting or more coaching clients or selling books or whatever it is. Large publications are one way that you can get more mainstream exposure and get some of those more mainstream opportunities. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's really about stacking, isn't it? I mean, you, you get your foot in the door at one and it becomes that much easier to get uh, be a part of, it, of the next one, whether that's writing for large publications or speaking and doing training at companies. You, you start small and work your way up and you just start stacking a win on top of win until they begin to grow, right? Exactly. You're, you're building a foundation. Yeah. Well, what are some of the, the lessons you've learned, Kamanzi, over the last five years that, that have helped ensure uh, that you're not living a life of regret? It's really setting goals has been an important part of this equation. Mm. Um, for a large part of my life, that was pretty foreign to me. I didn't have goals or dreams or any of that. I just wanted to survive. Mm. So to get to the place at the beginning of the year or a few times a year where I sit down and say, okay, these are some of the things, the major things that I want to do. I think goal setting has been huge. Mm. Um, continuing to feed my mind with positivity. So books, 
podcast, inspirational videos, um, just continuing to not to feed my mind, to be inspired every day, all day, but also it's kind of like my education, so to speak. And that's the beauty of the time that we live in with all this information that we have. We can become self-educated on pretty much anything. So just continuing to, to feed my mind with that has been really good. Um, hanging out with the right people. Mm. <laughs> I, I've hung out with some interesting people over the years. But just finding that good mix of that your inner circle, a tight inner circle, that's mm. people that are doing things that you want to do, people that are ahead of you, people that will inspire and motivate you and, and people that will call you out, people that aren't afraid to say, you know, hey, you're slipping and having that good inner circle and then maybe even like an extended circle. So friends online, friends that you talk to from time to time, but keeping that good circle of friends has, has definitely helped me over the last five years. And then continuing just to, to embrace risk, being willing to, to do things that I'm not comfortable doing. As you were talking, you reminded me of, of another part of the book. When it comes to information, books and podcasts and other ways that we can can learn and grow, sometimes we can we can overdo that. And you reference in the book something called just in time learning. I, I'm wondering if you could expound on that. Yes, because the the danger in the time that we live in with all the access to information and everything that we have at our fingertips, a lot of people get information overload where it's like you have so much knowledge, you don't know what to do next. <laughs> and I've been there. I'm sure a lot of people that listen have been there. And a lot of the advice, sometimes even on the same subject, it can be kind of contradictory. One person does it this way. Another person does it that way. And you're like, ah. I'm like, who do I, what do I do? So just in time learning was um, something from the guys at internet business mastery, mm -hmm. um, Jason and um, Jason. And who's the other guy, Jeff, uh, Jason, Matt Orton and uh, Jeremy uh, Franzen, I think. Yeah, I know Jason. I don't know Jeremy. So um, th that's a concept that they had, um, which Jared had written about in the book, where you learn just what you need for your next steps. Mm. And I think it's smart because if you're building, let's say like this, or no matter what you're building, you don't need to know the next 10 steps. Um, you can have an idea of where you're going, mm. like a general plan. But really what you need to know is, what is the very next step? So let's say somebody was listening to this call and they're like, I want to book um, some consulting in Panama, right? <laughs> your next step is going to be to call a company in Panama. That's not your next step. Mm. Your next step is going to be to figure out what it is that you train on. And then once you figure that out is, okay, what kind of social proof do I have? And then, okay, let me get some more social proof. Let me get in a publication. And then, you know, you're taking it step by step, but you're learning what do I need to do to get to that next step? Not, um, I'm going to try to do all these 10 things at once or you're going to get frustrated. And I would say the very first step, if that if that's what you wanted to do, would be to buy Stop Chasing Influencers and read it. <laughs> Damn, I like that tie. That's like really professional. <laughs> You're a pro. <laughs> well, Kamanzi, I do want to ask you uh, a couple of questions not directly related to the book. But before I do that, is there anything else from the book you want to make sure that we that we know about? You can find it at stopchasinginfluencers.com or, or on Amazon anywhere. Um, I, I think you'll enjoy it. People have enjoyed it so far, and there's a lot of practical information in there. There really, really is. And so uh, 
as far as books go, I know you're an avid reader. You're picking up a new book pretty regularly, as I understand it. I'm wondering if you could name for us uh, a book or two that you've read over the last couple of years particularly, something that's fairly recent, maybe one or two that you keep going back to again and again. Yeah, definitely. It's um, Essentialism hmm. by Greg McEwen. Yeah, Is that his, how you say yeah, his last name? Yeah, he's been on our yeah. show. So when I first saw this book, being talked about, like, I didn't want to read it because everybody was talking about it. <laughs> and I'm like the kind of person, if everybody is saying something like, I don't want to do, it. I still haven't joined Periscope yet just because everybody's like, Oh, Periscope. Ah. So like, I'm the kind of person that runs the other way, mm. but I'm like, it's, it's a good concept. Let me pick it up. And when I did, I was like, Whoa, like this is a really good book. Mm. So that's a book that I think I've read three times, Jeff, in the, oh, wow. since it's come out. Yeah. So that's a good one. Um, the one thing, um, by the Keller Williams guy, yeah, <laughs> Gary Keller, I think Gary Keller. Yep. That that's a book that I've read a few times and, um, you know, it's, it's all the kind of the same concept, right? Essentialism, the one thing, um, just in time learning. Um, it's, it's all kind of working around the same thing. Mm. Uh, just blow it up by Dixie Gillespie. I know you've had her on the show. Yes. I think I've read that book four times. Um, have you read the book, Jeff? I have. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. I loved it. Love that book. Um, 48 days of the work you love Dan Miller. I think I've read that five times mm. <laughs> over the years. It's just one of those books that even though I'm not in the same place I was when I initially read it, mm. it's just fun to go back and to get re-inspired and to, to reconnect with those feelings that I initially had. Um, so that's a good one. Um, Business and Blues, Susan Barasini Mo. Mm. Have you had her on the show? I have, yeah. Okay, there you go. That's that's another book that the first time I read that book, I read that while I was on an eight hour bus ride from London to Paris. Mm. And I read it just in one sitting. And I was like, very practical, um, very good takeaways. And it's a book that I'll come to every so like at least once a year. Mm. So that and then there's like a lot of fiction. Because <laughs> I like to I like to mix it up. Sure. And I really like um, like books that are about like the end of the world. Mm. For whatever reason, I got this weird fascination <laughs> with like those. I'll go back to time and time again. But as far as um, business, inspirational, motivational, um, those are the kind of books mm. that, that I find myself coming back to. That's a good list, and and I believe. Everyone you mentioned, except for the one thing uh, by Gary Keller, we've had all those folks on the show, except for him. Uh, well, so. now you got to get him. <laughs> yeah, him or him or Jay Papasan, his his co-author, one of those two guys for sure. Yeah. Well, obviously, um, your business as it's grown, uh, a big part of it is doing things like you're doing in Panama or speaking at conferences. And I know it's something that you didn't always feel like you were very good at or you had your doubts about. Um, so as as you've uh, been able to do it more and more and hone your skills uh, in the area of public speaking, uh, I'd be really interested to know, uh, Kamanzi, what some of your tips are for delivering an impactful and what you consider to be a memorable public talk. I don't think I'm that great still <laughs> after all these years. Uh, writing is my first and foremost love. What I do the best, I can do that better than I can do anything else. Um, but as far as goes, memorable, um, not having too many slides, mm. I find like, well, it depends on the kind of talk. If you're at a training at a company, you're probably going to be doing things that are a little bit more technical. So you are going to have to have some slides. But if you're just talking about a straight up motivational conference type talk, 
not depending on your slides, just using them as a visual aid, mm. um, really making that connection with the audience. Um, so looking people in the eye, not letting your nerves get the best of you, mm. telling yourself that number one, have fun because it's, it's pretty, it's pretty intoxicating to get up there and to speak and, and to put that energy out there and to receive that energy. Mm. It's, it's a pretty fun thing. So telling yourself to have fun and then reminding yourself, like these people are here to hear you, you're the expert. So act like an expert, <laughs> you know, the content, um, you should definitely prepare, not over prepare, but you don't want to make it seem like you're winging it. Um, not moving around too much. That's, that's something I did initially. I used to move around like a like a baptist preacher i was out there in the aisles and you know, it was all over the place spitting on people so you want to move but you don't want to move too much because that could be a distraction mm. um talking a little bit slower mm. uh, we tend to talk fast especially when we're nervous so talking a little bit slower um and 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 knowing when you want to make an impact with your words mm. so knowing when you want to make an impact with your words you know just uh, no, knowing those moments and i think all of that comes with mm. practice and and studying those that are good speakers mm. luckily we have this thing called youtube where you can go on there and you can look up some great speakers like a tony robbins is always great brennan Bouchard, i've seen both of them live mm. they're amazing speakers especially Brendan Bouchard, like that guy. Um, if you see him speak live, you're like, whoa, <laughs> like this guy can speak. So, and then YouTube videos and all that good stuff. So studying what it, how to become a better speaker. Well, finally, uh, Kamanzi, I'd be curious to know what's next for you. What are you and your team working on now that, that you you can share and, and that you're uh, particularly excited about right now? It's yeah, it's, it's been nuts. I've the last last year I traveled over a hundred thousand miles to speak mm. this year. It's going to be far. It's going to far exceed that. Wow. Um, 12, 12 international events on the books so far this year. So I'll be going to if cool countries like Germany and, mm. and England and Africa and, mm. and Japan. So a lot of like going to a lot of different places to speak. So that's pretty exciting. I'm sure I'll write some book at some point this year. <laughs> um, usually write one a year. My third published book is called Seven Choices You Regret at the End of Your Life. That comes out in December of this year. So Stop Chasing Influencers just launched. Um, that second book will come out later this year. So that's pretty exciting to have two books dropping. Um, I'm working on my health, Jeff, every day, working out, running, eating well. I'm pretty excited to just be in control of my health again. Mm. And everything is growing and expanding. I mean, business is good. Life is good. Family is is good. Um, it's, it's a really good place right now. And I guess going forward, the bigger question is to think about what are those longer term goals? Because mm. I work so hard to get here. Now that I'm here, it's like, what do you do now? <laughs> <laughs> so just thinking about the, mm. the longer term, term goals and, and what I want this to look like. But I know no matter what, I don't want it to be too busy, too chaotic where I can't sit down and enjoy life. Right. Yeah, that's the key. Um, and I've enjoyed being connected with you on social media and watching uh, some of those things unfold. You know, as an admirer, uh, I can tell you that, you know, I see you doing things that, that I want to be doing, you know, a year from now. And so having read Stop Chasing Influencers has been a great, uh, as I hinted at earlier, a great first step in that process. Buy the book and and then go from there. So, Kamanzi, thank you so much uh, for your time. and appreciate you coming back on the show and wish you nothing but success 
Yeah, thank you for having me. We should do this again in a year. Make it an annual thing. <laughs> yeah, but then we'll be talking about what you're up to, so I'm excited. <laughs> to connect with Kamanzi on Twitter and LinkedIn, to check out the books that he recommended, including his own, check out the show notes page created especially for this episode. You'll find that at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 118 for episode 118. And remember, if you'd like to be notified when Read to Lead University opens for registration, just text the word university to 33444 if you're in the States. Outside the U.S., make sure you're on our mailing list. Readtoleadpodcast.com is where to go to sign up for that. Thanks in advance for helping spread the word about the Read to Lead podcast. We appreciate it when you do that. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. 